the Action Network podcast. I'm just about that action, boss. Most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. What's up, everybody? And welcome to the Action Network podcast presented by FanDuel. I'm your host, Chris Raybon. This is your NFL Week 4 betting preview where we'll talk about our favorite totals, teasers, underdogs and of course build our weekly sunday six-pack of against the spread bets with the help of my co-host the prime minister of degenerate nation stucky stuck what's going on hey what's going on brother it was uh, a fun week three wasn't as profitable on, we weren't as profitable on the show as weeks before i think we had two and four six pack we didn't get we, either of us didn't get a pair of two-point conversions late but hit the money line underdog parlay again Hit both of our teasers, advanced and survivor again. <laughs> I squeaked out a profit on Sunday. Man, it was fun around 3 4 o'clock last week. It was some wild finishes. Oh, yeah. That's it's been a good year. Another jam-packed slate. So let's just uh let's just get to it. Uh and just a reminder, uh, for everyone out there listening, be sure to check out our new live show, Action Island, airing every Thursday, 5 30 Eastern on the Action app, Action YouTube page, and Action Network HQ on Twitter. It is also presented by our friends at FanDuel. Let's get started on the show with tonight's game. The Miami Dolphins going to Cincinnati to visit the Bengals. It's not the best game, but it's the only game tonight. Let's bet Thursday night football. All right, Stuck, we got the Dolphins. Cincinnati is a three and a half point favorite. The Dolphins, I don't know. They seem to be number one in everybody's power rate rankings. That's a joke. Absolutely like, <laughs> You know, because they beat the Bills. They obviously have to be number one. It's because you only get half as many yards. And Josh Allen is short hops to throw. Obviously deserve to be number one on, on, on everyone's power rating. So uh, what, what do you think of uh, this one? Absolute joke. Uh, yeah, by, by the way, the going into week four, 0-3 oh, oh against the spread teams, which are the Raiders and Saints are just dead 500 past 25 years. Uh, 3-0 and against the spread teams. Dolphins, Falcons, Texans, and Lions are uh, 40% against the spread over the past 25 years. So I think that the 0-3 against the spread teams, the reason that, you know, the market doesn't, you can't like, all right, let's buy low. Sometimes there's just teams that the market doesn't, I, I do the same thing. I can't tell how bad a team's going to be until, you know, five, six weeks because you don't want to lower them too much. Yeah, I really love the Bengals here. I bet them earlier in the week. I still think that there's some value here at FanDuel. What are they sitting at right now? Three and a half. Yeah, three and a half. I'd still bet minus three and a half. One, yes, the the Dolphins are undefeated. And I think they're they're improved. But, you know, like, come on. they They've had two of the most improbable wins that you will see all season. Number one, they beat the Ravens with a 1% postgame win expectancy. The the lowest in the past three years. They were down like 24 in the fourth quarter, hit a bunch of crazy plays. The Ravens fumbled at the one on a quarterback sneak. Like, come on. And then against the Bills, it was, you know, the <laughs> first time in like 25 years since like the 96 Jags that a team won like that with that box score. The Bills can't get snaps off at the end of each half. I think they the, the, the I think they got outgained by about 300 yards. Yeah. And and they had the advantage of 
of home field and the humidity and the Bills just cramping all over the field. The Bills lost like a million offensive linemen during the game. They had their practice squad secondary in there. So let's cool it on the Dolphins and that they're number one in the power ratings and are, are going to the Super Bowl. And by the way, I just mentioned on Sunday, they played 90 plays, 90 plays on defense against the Bills in that humidity. By the way, that sideline, if you're on the, if there's a lot of humidity in the sun, one o'clock is beating on you. It's rough. D- Diggs was having a rough day. I don't know if he was out the night before in Miami, but, but yeah, Miami was on the field for 90 plays that defense. Now you got to go on a short week to Cincy against a Cincy team that kind of finally figured it out. You saw them hit some explosive pass plays. You saw the offensive line play better. We knew it was eventually going to come together. And I just needed to see signs of life, which we got uh, from Burrow and company. So this sets up as just a fantastic spot on Thursday night. Look, the Dolphins, they blitz a lot, even though they're getting a league low 8% pressure rate. Uh, they blitz a lot. What does Burrow do? Eats eats blitzes for breakfast. Um, and I also think that the Dolphins defense, I've said this coming in the air, is really overrated. They're also dealing with some injuries. You know, everyone with a pulse puts up a lot of points on them. I think the Bengals will do the same here. It's just a horrible situational spot. Yeah, it's... You have two of you have injuries on the offensive line, secondary, two is banged up. So you might get Teddy. I don't know what's going on there. If it's like they're kind of he's saying he's going to play, but there's it's I don't know. Might end up being Teddy Bridgewater. Regardless, I don't care. I think the Bengals are the bet here. I am interested to see Tyree Kill versus Eli Apple. If you recall last year, Eli Apple was chirping Tyreek after the Bengals beat the Chiefs, so that should be fun to watch. Who knows, Tyreek might get thrown out in the first quarter uh, if he burns it for a touchdown. Uh, but, yeah, I think this is the, the spot is the Bengals, the price, the situation, everything here sets up for a Bengals play, yeah, from every angle here. The Cincinnati Bengals came roaring back. Yeah, I think the Dolphins are way overrated. I mean, they were – they didn't deserve to win that game. Josh Allen throws what sixty three passes and and, shoot, and short hops one at the one yard line, and then yep. and then another one is one he he can't just spike. It's like it's a it's supposed to be a spike, but instead of spiking it, he has to throw it. I mean, it was like the three worst passes he threw all day. Essentially, cost him that game, or not even the worst passes, just like the worst luck happening on those passes. Yep. So yeah, I, I've seen people say like, oh my god, how are the Dolphins underdogs? You know, going against the the one and two Bengals. And the three and zero, it's like because they haven't really. Yeah, I've seen people like say the Dolphins should be favorites. It's like yeah, what? yeah. I know you played it at two and a half. Uh, I like it at. I mean, I obviously like it two and a half, three, a lot better than three and a half, uh, just for the key number. But uh, I'm guessing you're seeing just kind of like a Bengals smash spot here, just blow them out. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they'll probably end up winning by like ten. Would be my guess. Um, I don't know. You want to read the market here? It's hard for me to give really strong advice on where it's going to go. Because if there's a chance of two, it gets ruled out. The market will obviously, I don't think it's an enormous drop-off, but it is a drop-off to Teddy Bridgewater. The market will obviously react in that sense. So then if you don't grab the three and a half now, it's going to go to four and a half, five, five, five and a half. If two is announced in and it's like, hey, he looks healthy, then you might get some public and maybe some sharp Dolphins money. Then you can get the three. So I don't know. I can't. I, I don't know what's going to happen with the two news, but that'll decide whether or not, if you want to maybe take some three and a half now and then wait to see if you can get more three, but I, I would like it up to five and a half. If Teddy Bridgewater is announced in. Teddy covers. He's, you know, he's, what is it? 24 and six ATS on the road. 
It's actually know, probably maybe, worse. Maybe that's scary. Maybe that's scary yeah. if Bridgewater comes in. <laughs> I mean, Tua threw what? 18 balls last week? Didn't have to do much. Okay, even in a Patriots game. I mean, they won 20 to 7 with a defensive touchdown in a game where the yardage was equal. And like everyone slow slow down on the on the Dolphins love. I mean, to be fair, that's partly why they got Waddle and uh and Tyreek. So like they could get chunk plays. So Tua doesn't have to throw a lot. Like it's just yep. you know, they pick up a big chunk 45 yarder. Then you don't need you know six passes to do that, which they did last year. It was kind of hard to watch. Yeah. But uh, yeah, let's uh, let's go to Sunday six pack. Thirsty for action? Let's crack open the Sunday six pack. All right, uh, still tied up, twelve apiece. Uh, didn't do totals last week but did go uh, each of us went one and two on the six pack so our first losing week got to get it back together where are you going with your first pick all right for my first pick of the week four sunday six pack brought to you by FanDuel. i'm going with the baltimore ravens plus three at home against the buffalo bills um look i coming into this year i had the bills power rated as number one and in in the ifc and the Ravens, number two. I was as high as anybody on either my lone Super Bowl future. And my main questions with the Ravens coming into the year, all focus on the offense. <laughs> okay, how will Lamar Jackson and this passing offense fare against the Blitz? And the results are mind-blowing to me. I didn't think he was going to be anywhere close to this good. He had never thrown for over 150 yards with three touchdowns against the Blitz in a single game. He did that in the first half two weeks ago, and then he did it again last week. Patriots blitzed him on 49% of dropbacks, and he shredded them with a fourth-round rookie playing left tackle who never played left tackle. He played one snap at left tackle in his college career. Uh, Just an amazing performance. We saw it against Miami, too. Ravens, are, I still think, are are undervalued here. That Miami game, I think, is holding people back from fully – they had a 99% fluky loss. This team should be 3-0 and with three dominant victories over three AFC East teams. Other side, Bills, I think, are, have the best roster in the NFL. They're one of three teams that have a top 10 offense and defense, EPA per play. But this isn't the same Bills team that came into the year. This Bills team is beat up. You look at their 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 defense alone, their secondary is a shell unit. They really need to get Trey White back. Because now you have Benford hurt, you have Jackson hurt. You're missing a Pro Bowl safety, and his replacement last week was is now the lowest graded safety in the NFL. So that's something to watch because so much of what Buffalo could do was predicated on you know well Trey when Trey White comes back locking down the number one and then having those two deep safeties that don't don't allow any explosive plays. You saw it against Miami, right? The Bills were still doing well against preventing explosive plays when both Poyer and Hyde are back there allows them to do so much. So without one, could be some trouble. Defensive line injuries, the offensive line, that and it's just not the same offense without a healthy Morse. You have a couple other guys in the offensive line that are banged up. So this is not full-strength Bills unit that came into the year. And Ravens, look, they got Dobbins back. That I think they're going to get Stanley back. I keep saying that. I don't even know if he exists anymore. Um, him and, him and Shaq Leonard are just like on a practice field somewhere, just yeah. know, playing playing air football. Yeah, yeah, I think they might get might get Stanley back here, which is important because Macari's also banged up, and you're going to be going against Von Miller. But 
Lamar Jackson is playing on another plane right now, and he is in some kind of zone. You're also getting one of the best staffs and special teams units in the NFL as a home dog of three or more. And for what it's worth, Harbaugh's 48, 33, and three against the spread as a dog. That's 59.3%. Only two coaches over the past 25 years that are more profitable as underdog, Mike Tomlin, obviously, and Sean Payton. Um, it's of 141 coaches since 2003. Harbaugh's 4-0 against the spread as a home dog over the past three seasons with either Lamar or Huntley. Both losses, he won two straight up. Both losses came by a single point. Average cover margin, 9.75. Weather, a lot of wind and rain in the forecast for Baltimore. Obviously helps the Ravens here. So I hope that the Bills come out here and say, we're going to blitz Baltimore because in the playoff, this is how far the Lamar Jackson has come. At first, everyone said, we have to we have to zone him because we can't play man because we we need to be able to see him. We, he can't run, right? But then Lamar was just shredding zones. Remember how good he was in his rookie year. So then everyone said, so everyone said, F this, let's try playing man. And then they had a little bit more success. Ravens will have great receivers. Lamar was struggling with his accuracy. And then there was an, another added level to this. You saw this, the Bills actually started it. The Dolphins took it to an extreme blitz, blitz heavy man on the outside. And that gave the Ravens offense and Lamar Jackson in particular a lot of problems. Offensive line issues didn't help. Well, if you go back to that Bills, Bills playoff win against the Ravens, they, when they max blitzed a ton, they blitzed on 48% of Jackson's dropbacks. I think the Patriots were 49% last week. Pressured them on 41%, and their offense really couldn't do anything. Well, guess who leads the NFL and EPA per drop back against the Blitz this year? It's Lamar Jackson. His passing offense is rolling um, with the weather. Their running offense will have an edge here against a banged-up Bills defense in front of a, a raucous home crowd. Wish this game was at night, but I'll take the three all day here. Give me the Ravens. Yeah, love the pick. Took the three and a half earlier in the week. I'm sure you did too. So follow us in the app uh, at Stucky2 at Chris Raybon, uh, so you can get those notifications as we make these bets. It, for the for this line, I don't see it going back up. So I would grab the three. Yeah, uh, agreed. Regarding the blitz, I I don't see them blitzing. I, I'm fairly confident that Buffalo will not blitz the Ravens. I think that what they're going to do is they're I agree. I think they're only going to they're only going to rush four. Yeah, I just yeah, hope like, that I hope that they blitz. No, nah, they're uh, they're not blitzing. Uh, they're, they're gonna they're gonna make Jackson go up and down a field. And that and and he can and they can. And the fact that you have uh, you know Dobbins back, I know he's not full health, but you know the running game should be a little better. But yeah, I think they're gonna make him go up and down the field. They've blitzed on six percent of their of opposing dropbacks this year. They played zone on ninety four percent. They're I, that's just what they have to do. Not because of the opponent, but because of what's been going on with their own health. Like. They yeah, have personnel. Von Miller. Yeah, they have Von Miller. They have enough on the line. I know some guys were hurt on the interior last week, but they have enough there. At least they feel like they do to just, you know, they, and they have enough on offense, they feel like, to just, okay, let's just make these teams go up and down the field. You know, maybe it's another one of these unders. Um, you know, I ended up betting the Bills-Dolphins under last week. Didn't look good at halftime, but that Miami Heat, you know, came through at the end. But this could be another one of those games where, 
you know, everyone's looking at it, expecting fireworks. And, you know, both of these defenses just make the other go up and down the field on longer drives. But uh, the Ra- there's no way the Ravens should be three-point dogs at home. Like, the Bills are great. Don't get me wrong. But like you said, they're banged up. Uh, Poyer did practice, so at least he sh- looks like he'll be back this week for the Bills. Uh, and I believe Jackson practiced as well. I'm not sure uh, if they're if he's actually going to be in a you know game ready. Uh, Bates did not practice. He's in the protocol. Phillips still didn't practice. Deion Dawkins didn't practice with an illness. Call me a homer all you want, but I think I'm like 95 percent on Ravens games on this podcast over the past three years. Yeah, you're you're pretty you're pretty um. I mean that's your that's your squad. I feel like I don't remember you at least since you and I started doing it. I don't remember you losing a win. Oh, unless did you lose that Ravens bet when I went against you with the Browns and they end like Lamar got hurt? Yes. That might have been that might have been the only one. And I won, I beat you. <laughs> that cost me the season. Uh, that was like the biggest fluke <laughs> loss. I was there for the game. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, who came in? Huntley, I think it was, right? So I had the Browns and Huntley came in. Oh, yeah, you had the, yeah, it was a Ravens game. You didn't pick the Ravens, but you had, I the, had Browns. the Browns. Yeah. They it lost by behind. two. Yes. And you, lost I think by you had the three or something like yep. that. Yeah. What that a, don't hate the player, hate the game, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. Well, for my first pick and the second overall of the Sunday six pack for week four, presented by FanDuel, I am going with the Arizona Cardinals cliff Ugh. plus one and a half against. The Carolina Panthers, uh, you know, it's it's been a long time coming. Haven't been on the Cardinals all year, I don't think. Uh, good thing I haven't because they've been stinking it up. But uh, I look at this game against Carolina, and I see a winnable game for the for the Arizona Cardinals. First of all, you know, this team is still getting pressure. Even without Chandler Jones, they're, they're scheming up some blitzes. They're, they're doing yeah, they're, some bl- they're blitzing a yeah. ton. Only the right. Giants are blitzing. And, and, and I was wrong about – I had the Panthers against the Giants. I, I thought Baker could handle the blitz a little better than he handled just organic pressure. But I mean, they were they were horrible against the the Giants blitz in that game, uh, Baker. But the the more important thing is, you know, on what everyone's talking about this Cardinal offense. They can't score touchdowns. You know, Kyler Murray's one week he's he's a god for running around for twenty seconds on a two point conversion. The next week he's he's back to being like Call of Duty Kyler, uh, calling out his receivers. I mean. It is what it is, but the bottom line is you got the better quarterback in this game. And for one of the few times, you got the better coach in this game uh, when, you, when you're back in the Cardinals. Uh, I don't believe in Matt Rule at all, but let's talk about Mayfield because I think that's really the issue here. Baker Mayfield, you know, usually we say, okay, pressure, that's when you bet against the Cardinals, fifth in pressure rate. Great. They're blitzing a lot. You already saw the, the, uh, that Baker's having trouble with that when, when he went against the Giants a couple of weeks ago. But I think what's more concerning, if I'm anybody that wants to back the Panthers here, and I know, uh, you know, somebody has come in, did come in on the Panthers. Baker Mayfield's 33rd out of 34 quarterbacks in on-target throw percentage from a clean pocket. So that adjusts for drops. That adjusts for all these other silly things that could happen that aren't the quarterback's fault. And that's a concern because Baker's going to struggle under pressure. Now, Baker's not making plays when in the past he did make plays. And I don't know if it's, you know, just not having as much time with these new receivers. But, I mean, DJ Moore's a talented guy. There's no reason he should be stuck on 43 yards for a season high. Uh, you know, they had one – they hit one big play to Robbie in week one. They hit one big play to Visca last week. Uh, and you take those away, and it's even – I mean, Baker Mayfield pretty much has no passing yards this year. 
So those in those big plays, you know, if you if you understand football at all, you know that that's unlikely to repeat. So I think the Panthers are in major trouble. Every year we hear about how their offense is not just coached well. Like last couple of years, we heard it they weren't practicing in the red zone. So now you got Ben McAdoo here. The team is going at a super fast pace, yet they're, Baker Mayfield's jumpy in the pocket. He's not hitting throws he normally hits. He's got no chemistry with any of the starting receivers. I just think it's a mess here in Carolina now. And now Christian McCaffrey last week, you know, he popped up on the injury report. Matt Rule's like, oh yeah, no, he's fine. He's good to go. This week, he's not. He was non-committal about him playing this week. So who knows if that's a bigger issue than it than it than it could be if they give if they give him a few less carries. That's even more doom for the Panther offense. And uh, you know, on the other side, listen, Arizona. They started really slow in that Raider game. We saw what they could do in the second half. Last week, they just couldn't punch it in the end zone. Too many field goals. Uh, I think that will turn around enough to beat this Panther offense in this game. Baker Mayfield, 11-22 and 22 with a push, just 33% against the spread in his career as a favorite, losing twice as much as he wins against the spread. Matt Rule as a favorite, 3-10 and 10 against the spread. And Cliff Kingsbury... Knock them all you want. This is the one spot where if you're back in the cards, you want to back them here. Road underdog, Cliff Kingsbury, 14 and 14, three. 3 and 2. Yeah. Yep. Against the spread. That is immaculate. So between Cliff and Rule, you combine the two spots, you get a set, you, you get a 24 and 6 record, 80 <laughs> percent uh with, with Rule as a favorite, Cliff as a road dog. So uh, this is just a spot, you know, a little bit of a buy low on the Cardinals. Uh, I'm still down on the Cardinals. Uh, it looks like I was, we were both down on the Cardinals. We were probably correct, but it's really hard for me to get excited about this Panther team. Uh, you know, even last week, I mean, it was more of the Saints making blunder after blunder uh, on the road than it was the Panthers really winning that game. So give me the Cardinals. Uh, I can't back you here, obviously, with Cliff, who's, out, who's covered seven straight, too, on the road as an underdog. There's one thing that, to keep in mind here and i hope all of our listeners friends and followers down in florida are, are safe down with the hurricane coming it's just some awful awful uh sites down there but there's going to be some weather impact on sunday and charlotte could be one of those places so that's something just to keep in mind i don't know necessarily who that would benefit i think it just probably introduces more variants but I am I, I will agree with you. Baker Mayfield has taken his numbers has been horrific. Like arguably outside of fields has been the worst quarterback in the NFL so far this season. So that's really concerning. But on the other hand, it's like, all right, they won a game last week and then they had two close losses. And then if you look at Arizona, it's OK. Outside of one half, they've been the worst team in the NFL. I mean, granted, they had injuries in game one, but they just got their doors blown off. They were dominated last week by the Rams. The Rams fumbled at the one. You got to remember, too. Um, And then they were down three touchdowns to the Raiders. And it's not like the Raiders have looked great. So I'm really concerned that the Cardinals, who, by the way, part of this problem is the coaching. I I tweeted this last week. What the hell do they do in practice all week? I don't know. Everyone's answer, everyone had funny replies. Like they just play Call of Duty, which might be true. They don't come out with a game plan or anything, but maybe they just need to get on the road, and that's when they get focused, and that's why Kingsbury has been good in these spots. If I had to choose, I would say that the weather will favor Carolina just because Arizona is a West Coast indoor team. So just keep an eye on what that weather will look like on Sunday. But 
I'm not playing the Panthers. For me, this is a pass. Uh, where are you going? Where's your second? All right, for my second pick of the Week 4 Sunday six-pack presented by FanDuel, I'm going with the Indianapolis Colts minus three-and-a-half at home against the Tennessee Titans. This line's at three-and-a-half at FanDuel right now. Um, I think that you'll be able to find a potential three at some point if it's not out there right now. I thought that this line was going to be higher, and you weren't going to be able to get a three this week because the Colts last week beat the Chiefs at home in an ugly game, thanks to the Chiefs special teams, which helped us in the money line underdog parlay and, and us get the cover. Meanwhile, the Titans beat the Raiders. Okay, I didn't think anything was going to take much of that. But all of a sudden I'm hearing I'm hearing things like that the, no one no one's rushing to bet the Colts here. I thought this line would be higher. I don't understand. Everyone said the Titans were like a bottom five team uh, last week. They beat the Raiders at home and now that that's changed. Do, do, in that game, the Raiders went one of 12 on third down. They were in the red zone six times and had 16 points. The Titans were in the red zone three times and scored three touchdowns. Darren Waller dropped a touchdown pass that got intercepted when the Raiders were at the three-yard line. Dropped it in his hands, bounced up. The Titans also didn't get a two. After all that, the Raiders didn't get a two-point conversion to tie the game before it's overtime. I was not impressed with the Titans at all. This team stinks. Go look at their entire body of work. And what this game comes down to, to me, is Matt Ryan looks slow. Their offensive line has been great. But at least they have their receivers back. Titans passing game needs the, the running game, and they could do some things in play action. But it doesn't wow me at all, and their offensive line's a mess. What this game comes down to is two things. One, the Colts defense by far will be the best unit on the field. And two, the Colts will be able to run the ball, and the Titans will not. Titans were able to have some success running it last week against the Raiders. You could do that against the Raiders. And then that set up some play action things. Colts' strength is their run defense by far, and I believe Leonard will be back this week, but who knows. Titans' offense, 29th in EPA per rush. Titans' defense, 30th EPA per rush. 31st in explosive runs allowed. Hello, Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor's going to have a huge day here. The Colts defense has been great against the run and should get their best linebacker back here. So uh, I think that's all. what this comes down to is the Colts defense will be the best unit on the field. They're at home. I think Taylor will have a much easier time on the ground moving the ball, which will then set up some easier play action opportunities for Ryan. And Tannehill won't have that same luxury. I mean, look, the Titans are one of two, only two teams in the NFL that are in the bottom 10 in EPA per drive on offense and defense. You know, the other is the Jets. That's it. It's the Titans and the Jets. The Titans are a bad football team. We've seen that just because they converted a bunch of red zone opportunities and the Raiders couldn't and the Raiders couldn't convert a third down doesn't make the Titans automatically good. Um, I I think that the Colts are cheap here, especially if you can get the three. I like Indy at home to get it done. Yeah, I I just think both of these teams are, are trash. Honestly, <laughs> like, I mean, I I don't I couldn't get there at, at at maybe if it was two and a half, three three and a half. I I would rather go with the Titans. I just I, I don't see the Colts like first, Jonathan Taylor actually missed his first practice of his career. I think he's gonna be fine, but that is something to monitor. Yeah, they said I I, I looked into that. I was listening yeah. to uh, they said that he should was just sore, so they wanted to give okay. him the day off. Should be yeah, he should be fine. But I mean, it's it's notable. But I, listen. The Colts, I mean, that was the most undeserved cover of all time last week. I mean, they, it, it's just the Chiefs just had a special teams meltdown and Travis Kelsey dropped a touchdown. I just worry about Matt Ryan. Like, I, I agree. I think, you know, the running game, is it favors the Colts on both sides of the ball, and that can be enough. We, that, you know, it ended up being enough for the Browns against Pittsburgh. It could be enough. 
But I mean, Matt Ryan looks awful. I think what it is for me is that I just don't trust that they can separate from anybody. Right. Like it's like, yeah, the coach, they're not, they're not the week, the week's worst team. They're going to win some games. They have some good players, but I don't trust them to separate. And now you're talking about now you got to get, you know, you got to get a touchdown and hold the Titans to a field goal and win by four. It's just a lot for me. Um, I, ho- I hope you win, but uh, yeah, the three, the three is, the three is important here. Um, <laughs> like it's, and I don't see them. Uh, but I, I think the Titans are a bottom six team and, Fair. and the Colts I, are an average team at home with advantages in the run game on both sides. And I think they, they get it done. We'll see what happens. Divisional game. It was this matchup where it was like it would go to overtime every time, right? Like last year. I feel like you yeah. had the coast, and it was just like Carson Wentz. So hopefully Matt Ryan doesn't isn't is, doesn't pull a Wentz. He's a, he's like a different kind of bad. Like some of those those fumbles last year. I mean, oh my god, it's like I could see that shit coming. It's like Matt, just move, bro. Yeah. Like yeah. shuffle, step up, yeah. do anything, anything. In his old age, it's like he's his reaction time is a little bit slower. I don't know. I, I I just worry a little bit about him, I'm, but um, I'll be rooting for you. I need Taylor to get yeah thirty touches, thirty yeah. touches here. The it's Titans' wrong. run D has been bad, yeah. bad. But uh, I will go to my second pick, the fourth overall of the Week Four Sunday Six Pack, presented by FanDuel, going with the Tampa Bay Bucks plus one and a half. In we don't know yet, uh, maybe Minnesota. Just our, our best wishes to everybody in Florida with that whole weather situation. But, uh, you know, Bucks, slight dogs here coming off a loss. Uh, you know, I'm going right back to them. They, didn't, they didn't, didn't work out last week, but they did what I wanted them to do on defense. You know, a little bit of a slow start, but they hold Aaron Rodgers in that offense to no points for, you know, basically, what, the last seven, eight drives of the game. And I think this Chiefs offense is still a little bit overrated compared to last year. Uh, I think not having Tyreek obviously changes some things. And, uh, you know, I just don't think it's like, I don't think it's even with Andy Reid and and all these guys, I don't think this offense is like amazingly schemed either. You know, they just kind of have a Matt Patrick Mahomes and they have a bunch of guys, you know, that he's throwing to it. He makes great plays. And, but I, I don't really see any rhyme or reason to the play calling. Uh, I don't see it as explosive without Tyreek Hill. They're not using Valdez Scantling as a deep threat, which kind of is a head scratcher because you would think against single high, like that would be the game you would go off last week. Didn't happen. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm just kind of down on this Chiefs offense a little, and I'm really high in the Bucks defense. As you can see, what is it now? Three touchdowns in three games for the Bucks defense. So, and, and against two, you know, two of the offenses they face are pretty good. And even that Saints offense, I mean, I know Jameis was dealing with some things, but it's still a pretty good Saints offense. We talk about the receivers, Jameis. I know they didn't have Kamara, but uh, love the Bucks defense in this spot. I think they can get pressure on Mahomes. Don't think they need to blitz to do it, but they you know, and they probably shouldn't because Mahomes will rip them up. But I uh, think they can cover Bucks. Uh, Chiefs aren't as dangerous without Tyreek. So now you know the Bucks have one. I think really good corner. Use them on Juju. Uh, it's going to be tough for the Chiefs to move the ball. We kind of saw that against the Chargers when the Chargers were healthy on Thursday night. And then on the other side, it's, it's kind of, you know, the Bucs need somebody apparently. You know, Russell Gage is not enough, but you're getting Mike Evans back guaranteed this week. I don't know what's good with Julio. He's another one, though. He'd just be out there with Leonard and Ronnie Stanley. Like, he's not a real NFL player anymore. But I think with Mike Evans, 
with and, and then you you still have uh you know gauge as a number two maybe he's even pushing number three if somebody can get healthy uh, i think that'll be enough with this running game with Fournette. chiefs can't run the ball bucks aren't going to let them run the ball i think they make the offense one-dimensional uh both of these quarterbacks obviously very good coming off a loss uh, Mahomes is 10 and three against the spread but brady i mean there's really no equal you know coming off in these spots uh, he is 66 36 and 265 percent uh, off uh, against the spread loss, going back to 03, covering by five points a game, 11 and 379% against the spread with Tampa, uh, covering by 7.8 points per game, coming off a, a loss against the spread, and then coming off a straight up loss, uh, 43 and 16 against the spread the next week, covering by 6.7 points since 2003 with the Bucks, uh, 7 and 2, covering by 6.8. So uh, he's just a, a great play in a spot. And by the way, off a a loss as a dog, Brady 10 and 0 against the spread, perfect since 03. As a dog or a pick, down to a pick uh, since 2003, any spot, doesn't matter if he's coming off a loss or what, uh, 25, 9 and 2, 74%, covering the spread by eight points per game. And by the way, I think this Bucks offense uh, at some point is going to have a coming out party. And it might be this week. You know, I, this Chiefs defense is, eh, it's, it's a little more athletic, which is good. I uh, still don't think it's great. I think this Bucks offense has a, does enough, and their defense continues to play well. Uh, so give me the Bucks as a short dog in likely what will likely be Minnesota. I would agree here. Um, by the way, seventeen and one against the spread for Brady, ninety four point four percent after a loss as an underdog or favorite of less than a field goal, covering Oof. by four, fourteen points per game. Four, so it's either a favorite of under a field goal or a dog, 17 and one against the spread, covering about two touchdowns a game. And then after a loss as an underdog or favorite of less than seven points, 32 and six against the spread, 84%. Um, yeah, I agree. This Chiefs offense has not looked good. They've also played like the Chargers with Al Allen, the Cardinals practice squad, <laughs> and they had like seven dropped picks that the Chargers had and some questionable penalties like the Chargers should have won that game you know you play ancient Matt Ryan and you're you're spe- we still don't know if there's Buckers going to be back their special teams are a mess and this offense is just not the same it just doesn't look right and uh yeah I would agree I would I would trust Brady here as a dog off of a loss against the Chiefs I wonder and, if uh think uh, are a bit overrated in the market I wonder if something's going on too with like I wonder if there's some frustration building with Mahomes like I know, you know, they're downplaying that little incident that happened at halftime with him and the enemy, but it's still weird for me that somebody like as self-aware as Mahomes, like he knew that the media would pick up on that. If he like goes screaming to the enemy in the middle of, the, of you know, every camera is going to catch that. But you know who else is, is coaching the quarterbacks of the Chiefs? Matt Nagy. So we get to bet against wow. Matt Nagy now. We get to bet against Matt oh, Nagy with Tom yeah. Brady. Tom Brady, like, this is amazing. Like, I, I didn't realize that Matt Nagy was on the, the Chiefs. Like, it was like a very quiet hire for them. But, yeah, Matt Nagy is back on the Chiefs coaching Patrick Mahomes. So these Chiefs fades might be uh, might be a year-long thing. What up, Matt Moore? Now you're listening. Uh, Chiefs fades coming in hot. And, yeah, I mean, the Chiefs in that, in that, in that loss to the Bengals – the playoff loss in the second half, they were all arguing. Remember, like, all the arguing on the yeah, sidelines? Man. There's definitely some, like, build-up frustration for how teams are playing uh, the Chiefs. So, yeah, I don't I don't hate going uh, Tommy here. 
the 35, to the 20, to the 10. He's all the way home. Holy moly. Man, woman, and child did that. Put them in the aisles. Just tore them loose from their shoes. All right, for my third pick of the week four Sunday six-pack brought to you by FanDuel, I am going with the New England Patriots plus nine and a half at the Green Bay Packers. I I literally almost flipped a coin between the Patriots and the Raiders. You made it right. Um, <clears throat> even though I, I mean, uh, yeah. And I, bit, by the term, I liked, I bet both. We'll talk about the Raiders game later. You know, if it was 10, 10 and a half, I definitely would have went Patriots. But now that it's on the nine and a half, my, my deciding factor was I'll take Belichick over his, his pet in <laughs> in Vegas. So yeah, I, there's a lot of talk. Hoyer's lost 11 straight starts, but you know, he's covered like 58% of his games. He's eight and eight and three against the spread and catching more than five points, four and one when catching double digits on the road. And Belichick's obviously elite off the loss has been his entire career. Expect you get the max game plan here. He's 48, 22 and one. 69% covering by about a touchdown. Uh 29, 9, and 1 against the spread on the road after a loss. Played this angle in week two against the Steelers. And how about 25 and 3 against the spread on the road after a loss as a dog or favorite of less than a touchdown? 25 and 3 against the spread after a loss on the road as either an underdog or favorite of less than a touchdown. A lot of overlap with Brady there, but he's had some success. With other quarterbacks as well, if you look at Castle, even Newton, and uh, Mac Jones, <laughs> Bill Belichick's only been an underdog once, a double-digit <laughs> underdog once, and it was with Brian Hoyer in Kansas City in a game he did not cover. So, you know, but when I look at this game, I don't think that this look headline was about five. I don't think that the drop-off between Mac Jones, who's still, who still might play, they say, is four to five points. From Mac Jones to Brian Hoyer, the current version of Mac Jones, because Mac Jones has been bad, bad all year. If you look at all of his metrics, and Brian Hoyer knows this offense inside and out. I'm sure, like, it's, he's not coming into a foreign situation. We've seen backups have a lot of success in their first start where teams aren't that prepared for them. You also have the Bailey Zappy factor, who I love. Bailey Zappy. I love. And if he has to come in late and give us a backdoor, he will. But I just think this is too high of a number to lay against Belichick in what should be a low-scoring game, considering how the Packers' offense is playing right now. They're still trying to figure things out. You know, Baxiari is not all the way back. I love Romeo Dubs, and he's going to be their number one receiver. My man. My man called it. Called it. Called yeah, we it. both called it. I've called that since college. Oh, yeah. He's going to eventually be their number one. But this offense isn't humming right now at all. They didn't, they didn't score in the second half against the Bears. They got 14 points right away. Great script against Tampa. And then held on to win 14-12. to 12. This offense is still figuring itself out. I assume that you'll get a good Patriots game plan here. And then one thing with the Packers is when they have a big lead, they tend to play a little conservative on offense and defense. Backdoor could be open here. I assume you get a max effort from the Patriots that they're getting embarrassed last week. You know, chance Mac Jones plays. Hoyer at least knows the offense. He'll take some shots here. You hope, you know, Jair Alexander's banged up too for the Packers, which could help. You could get Bailey Zappi at some point. All in all, especially if you can get 10, I think this line is too high. So uh, give me the Pats and Bill off a loss as a big dog. And for the Pats. Is, Am I listening to Stucky or Darren Ravel right now? Like, what the fuck is going on? 
Like this is ridiculous. Bailey Zappy, bro. Okay. I oh, mean- by the way, let me let me throw one real piece of analysis out there. Uh, the Patriots, which they didn't have against the Chiefs when they played, will have a massive uh, special teams edge here. Packers special teams is still stinks, and the Pats special teams will always be elite. By the way, Nick Falk has made fifty four field goals from under fifty in a row. So that's where you can get some hidden points in this. Like, arguably, it's one of the worst special teams versus one of the best. Let me tee you up for this, just because I know people are going to tweet me or at, tweet us and ask us this. What What do you say to the people that are like, Rodgers at Lambeau, 66% against the spread? He's 18 and 16 against the spread in his career as a double-digit favorite. Okay. All, I believe all are at home. It's like, if he has the ball up seven late, you know, with like six to go, they're going to bleed this all the way down. They could bleed it all the way down. I could, for every Rodgers trend, I could give you a Belichick one. And don't be talking to them. They don't know anything about quarterback. You understand? This one's for you. You know, you got the Belichick factor off of loss. The, the line is sitting at nine and a half right now. So yeah, just wait if you're out there because it's in a dead zone now. It's not going to go to seven. Um, so don't like listen to this and bet it if it's at nine and a half. Wait to see if it goes to 10, 10 and a half because it, it's in a dead zone right now. For my third pick and the sixth overall, in the week four Sunday six pack, you want to bet on Brian Hoyer? All right, I'll go with Mitch Trubisky. Pittsburgh minus three at home against the Jets. Empty set for Trubisky. And it's intercepted. Trubisky over the middle. Intercepted. Mitchell Trubisky gets caught trying to force something in there. And, and you were laughing at me. And you were I know. laughing hey, at me. Hey, hey, hey. I. This is what we do on this podcast. Like, I think you said it last week. If you're not uncomfortable betting on the NFL, you probably shouldn't be doing it. This line is three and a half. Uh, this is another one. Try to get the three. It, it's depending on the book. It's kind of jumping up and down. But uh, I saw it go to three at, at a bunch of spots when Zach Wilson was announced as the starter. And this was music to my ears because I actually have Joe Flacco rated above Zach Wilson. And, and that could change, obviously. But I'm talking about for this specific game, like for Zach Wilson, who hasn't, who's been banged up and, and hasn't had as much practice time, you know, coming back, you know, at first start on the road, terrible towels, Steelers coming off a loss, extra time to prepare, uh, you know, doesn't have chemistry with the two guys that have caught the most balls for the Jets, which are Garrett Wilson and Tyra Conklin. I just don't like the spot for Zach Wilson at all. I, I think that he maybe he has a, a brighter future than what he showed last year, but uh, one of the most inaccurate quarterbacks in the league last year, uh, one of the most turnover-prone quarterbacks, stopped turning the ball over a bit down the stretch, but still averaged like 160 yards per game. Just He didn't trade in the turnovers and like get like better. It's just he didn't turn the ball over anymore. It's like it's kind of like Daniel Jones, you know? It's like it's not really improving your team's odds of winning. But uh, you also got the Jets – Still, you know, Pittsburgh, obviously, you, you miss T.J. Watt. It's a big loss. No no way around it. But the Jets' offensive line is in shambles now at the tackle position. George Fant is hurt. And George Fant's not that great. But, I mean, he was a guy that could, you know, they could put him on the left. They could put him on the right. Now they got, you know, McDermott came in for him last week. Their yeah. offensive line got destroyed last week. Yeah. He, he, like, McDermott comes in for Fant, right? And, and again, Fant, I'm not saying Fant is a world beater, but he's been valuable to this Jets team over the over the past couple of years, right? Wayne Brown's not ready yet to come off. But McDermott comes in for, for George Fant last week. 22 snaps, 
This dude allows five pressures and, and a sack on 22 snaps and pass protection. That is abysmal last year. And it's not even an outlier. Last year, he played 77 snaps in pass protection and allowed four sacks for pro football focus. So the Jets offensive line, you know, on the road where, you know, the, the crowd's going to be a factor. I, I could see a lot of penalties. You know, Wilson's going to be out of sync with everybody. I could see a lot of penal- penalties, miscommunications, uh, turnovers, uh, Minka Fitzpatrick looks like he's out of the protocol and, and is practicing uh, so that he's going to be, he's going to be working. And this, this Steeler team, listen, I thought Trubisky actually looked better than he's looked all year. He finally started throwing about a Pickens outside. Um, so hopefully they can kind of continue that. Cause I think that's, you know, it, it, this, in this game, actually, you want to throw the ball to the middle, which is another thing the Steelers haven't been doing. So uh, hopefully we can get some more uh, baby Gronk, Pat Fryermuth uh, going, but listen, this is Mike Tomlin off a loss. He's 57%, 47-36 against the spread in his career. Uh, with extra time to prepare, he is 15 to 60% against the spread, covering by an average uh, of 3.6 points per game. And Robert Sala, you know, rah-rah guy too, but not the same results. It's a fine line between, you know, drinking wine and squashing grapes. Robert Sala, 7 and 13 all time, regardless of the situation, just period, in his 20 games coach. 7 and 13 against the spread, 35%. Jets failing to cover by 3.9 points per game over a field goal, sample size of 20. Not that's not insignificant at this point. Uh, and then Zach Wilson on the road, two and five against the spread, failing to cover by 6.1 points. Zach Wilson's been spotting teams essentially an extra touchdown to the spread uh in his road starts. And in his career, he's three and ten straight up. Every loss, all 10 of his losses have come by at least four points. So you know, if you think the Steelers are going to win this game, good chance they still cover the number, even at three. So a rare, uh, backing a rare three-point favorite here uh, on the pod. It's ugly, but uh, I, I'm just, I, I don't have any confidence in Zach Wilson's first game back. Oh, I'm glad or we got back to our roots. So we, our first five recommendations were Kyler, Lamar, Burrow, Brady, and Ryan. Now we went Hoyer and Trubisky, <laughs> yeah, aka right. Bortles. Don't blink ever. You know don't blink ever. Cut your eyelids off. I saw a couple of y'all blinking though, for real. No, no, no. I'll talk to you about it. I Flacco played. I was thinking about playing the Jets. He's now that it's Wilson versus Bortles. It's my two least favorite quarterbacks in the league. You've just been Bortled. I would lean Steelers. That's like what my, you know, my numbers show a slight bit of that. I am not betting this game. You know, for the show, I'll root for you to cover. Part of me will root for a tie since I have the Jets and Steelers win total under. So a tie would be lovely. Oh, that happened God. to me one one other time in my life where I had two under teams that tied. It was the Bengals and the Eagles. Gun to my head, I would bet the Steelers with you, but I am not going to make our listeners suffer anymore about talking this game. I hope that the Steelers have a pick six, unless you need some fantasy points in this game, a pick six to start the game, and they win 7 nothing, and that game never comes on red zone one single time. <laughs> well, on that note, uh, that's going to wrap up uh, our week four Sunday six pack presented by FanDuel. Stuck got the Ravens plus three, the Colts minus three and a half, the Patriots plus nine and a half. I'm going with the Cards plus one and a half, the Bucks plus one and a half, and the Steelers minus three. Uh, now it's time for the week four coaches pep talk. Now we're going to go nose to nose with him, and you're going to play better than you ever dreamed of because, God damn it, that's what I demand of you. And this week's 
pep talk comes to us from American soccer star Alexi Lawless, and we're dedicating it to Joshua McDaniels. Get it together, Josh. It's dark days indeed, but this is a time for leaders to step up. And so to the supposed leaders, I will say this. Clean it up or let's get someone who will. The U.S. needs you to play better. Is this really as good as it gets? Because it's still not good enough. This is now all on you. Make us believe again. All right. Uh, now it is time for our favorite total of the week. I am going with one of the disgusting ones. Got to go Giants Bears under 39 and a half here. And listen, this is these are two preseason level passing games. I mean, yeah, on one side, you have Daniel Jones and your best receiver just got hurt. Sterling Shepard, I hate to see it, last play of the game. So now you're talking about some combination of David Sills, Richie James. Maybe if you're lucky, you get Tony or Wandale Robinson back. But those guys probably don't even play 100% like, percent of the snaps combined between them. So this Giants passing game is in shambles right now. They allowed, I think, one of the most pressure, like some of the most pressure in history in that Cowboy game. This Bears defense has specialized in not blitzing and yet getting lots of pressure. So I don't like the matchup for this Giants pass game. Bears are 31st in blitz rate at 7.3%, fourth in pressure rate at 33.3%. So they're getting 33% pressure while blitzing 7% of the time. That's that's a week. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a, a just tough for, for Daniel Jones when he drops back. Now Saquon Barkley, they're gonna hand the ball off to him. Good, let the clock run because on the other side, we know what the Bears are gonna not do, and that's throw the football. You know, this is a team that's been completing under 10 passes per game. The Bears have had success running the ball, and so I expect them to keep doing that, whether David Montgomery plays or not. Khalil Herbert's looking really good out there. But this Bears team is – Justin Fields is 23 of 45 on the year. Not the last game, not the last two games. On the year, he's 23 of 45. He's throwing so infrequently that you could get a turn – you could get a pick six here and still cover this number uh, with – with the way these two offenses are, are, are kind of constructed right now. I think it's just going to be a runoff here. And the Giants and Bears have played each other uh, each of the last three seasons. And each of those last three seasons, we kind of got one of these similarly ugly games. Ever since Daniel Jones was, uh, was drafted last year, Giants had, I think, like a third-string quarterback. So 29-3 Bears, total is 32 uh, combined for both of the teams year before that 17, 13 bears total closes, at, uh, lands at 30 and the year before that 19, 14 bears, the total lands at 33. So these teams have played three times in the last three years and the number has never exceeded 33. It's 39 and a half, uh, is actually at 40. Uh, I think that so. they took some money on the over at some point, uh, and it briefly hit 40, but, uh, I'd play it at 39. Uh, I'd play it down at 38, 38 and a half. Uh, I just don't see these teams putting up points. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, the, the Giants are going to blitz a lot. Uh, I would lean Giants here, especially if you can get three at some point. Uh, they're going to blitz Fields a lot. Fields under pressure was horrendous last year. This year, 41% adjusted completion percentage dead last. Zero big-time throws. Four turnover-worthy plays. He's yet to fit a ball into a tight window in 45 attempts. <laughs> oh, for 45. Oh my God. He's, be, he's being sacked 18% of the time, 18.2% of the time. The post-merger record is 15.8. I think that was the car 
They uh, David Carr, who just gets sacked every play for the Texans back in like 2002. So yeah, I would agree. I think that's under uh, nothing here. Fields unders in his career nine and four, 69 percent. Daniel Jones unders at home fifteen and six, seventy one percent. Add it all up, you got uh, twenty four and ten. Uh, big, big lean toward the under here, just based on the trends alone. But if you watch these teams play, you get it. But uh, where are you going? Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with the Browns Falcons over forty eight and a half. I'm fairly confident Miles Garrett's going to be out. I'm fairly confident Jadavian Clown is going to be out. I am fairly confident JOK is going to be out. Ward is questionable. This Browns defense has not been covering anyone on the back end. Their strength is getting pressure. And now their star defensive end and their other defensive end, in my opinion, are both going to be out. Falcons, by the way, we've talked about them a lot. I think they have a fringe top 10 offense uh, if everything goes right this year. I mean, Mariota's seventh in epa per drop back and they're grading out that well even while allowing the highest pressure rate in the nfl and the reason for that is mariota's mobility you probably don't have to deal with that much pressure this week if both Clowney and garrett are out and on the other side and you're on a fast track here in atlanta on the other side of the ball jacoby Brissett has been awesome throwing the ball he's been great and the browns have the number one rush offense in the nfl number one rush uh, EPA per rush in the league and the Falcons don't have a great run defense. They should be able to move the ball up and down the field here. The Falcons should answer. Uh, I like this over. I think it'll eventually tick up when all these Brown defenders are ruled out as I think they will be. Yeah. It, it, it actually hit 50 earlier in the week. Now, then it's ticking back down maybe because Garrett hasn't officially be, been ruled out yet, but yeah, I, I think it's one of those things where they just want to keep the Falcons on their toes and uh, I would expect it to tick back up. Uh, I would lean over to, I think the only thing you'd be concerned about is if the Browns, you know, knowing they have all these injuries, just like, and I don't, it sounds crazy against the Falcons, but if they try to play keep away and just like, you know, ground the ball, but even, even with that, I mean, like you said, I think they're going to hit some chunk gonna, runs and yeah. 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 I, and, but I, I, I agree with you. I really like this Falcons offense. Uh, you mentioned Mariota's seventh in, what did you say he was seventh in? EPA per drop back. Yeah. He's also seventh in my, quarterback rankings this week in fantasy so we've come a long way i think he was his adp was like qb 28 so uh yeah this is marcus mariota marcus mariota week all day uh yeah i think that there's some value in some of these overs that scoring is way down there was a good article by uh at stats by lopez put out today talking about why the scoring is down and uh, yeah a lot of it it's all it's not penalties it's not Fumble up, fumbles with the goal line are up a little bit. It's not pace or anything. It's just the passing offenses are less efficient. And I think that's two things, you know, and, the, and we talked about this and he alluded to it in the article saying, you know, about how teams are now playing much more cup too high cup, safeties yeah, and they're taking show. away explosive plays. I think that's part of it. And I mean, just look at the, the difference of the chiefs offense is a perfect example, but also I think that the, the inordinate amount of injuries at wide receiver and quarterback is also playing a part of it as well but i don't think that that plays any part in this game the browns secondary is a mess the browns should be able to run the ball quarterbacks and wide receivers are healthy in this game and you're on a fast track i think there's some value in this number all right so i'm going giants bears under 39 and a half stuck is going falcons browns over 48 and a half now let's get into our favorite teaser of the week Oh, yeah. Six point teasers. If you don't want me to, don't tease me. 
the standard is a six point teaser. You can find more great content about teasers if you just Google Stucky Teasers. He has a lot of great content teaching you how to right, put put, what, put a new guide out today on the app. New teaser oh, guide. Oh, there we go. Today. Okay, there we go. Yeah, so check the Action Network app. Follow Stucky at Stucky Two uh, and check his teaser guide that just dropped. Where are you going? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go Brady. Teasing Brady up over seven. By the way, he's nine and perfect nine and zero when teased as a dog between one and three points in his career. Think that game will be close, lower total as well, which helps. And then I'm going to tease him with the Saints from two and a half to eight and a half. If Winston doesn't play, banged up, and it's Dalton, fine. There's going to be no downgrade from a spread perspective for me. Getting that over eight, lower total. One thing I like about this game, a little slept on angle is I really value the experience of going to London and it's just a, such a unique thing and you got to get people acclimated. And I think the saints are handling this so much better. They went to London on Monday, they got there Monday and it's not surprising because Dennis Allen, their head coach has been there in 2017 as an assistant. He was there in 2012 as the Raiders head coach. He was there in 20, 2007 as the saints assistant uh, again. So he's been there three times. O'Connell's never been to London before. No, not even his assistant, never on a team. None of his assistants are. They're going Friday, Friday. I, I don't get that at all. It's very bizarre to me that the, you got to get your bodies adjusted. And Kirk Cousins was even in an interview saying like, yeah, we're going to be really jet lagged and we got to somehow get over that. It's like, we'll go earlier in the week. That's how you get over it. So I like how the, the Saints are preparing and handling the trip over, but uh, low total. I think this game should be close. Uh, I think the Saints bounce back here. Get a good defensive effort. Yeah, the Saints are one I'm monitoring. I, I almost took them in the six pack at, they, they did hit three uh, at one point. Uh, it looks like they're kind of fluctuating between two and a half and three. Uh, but it's we record this on Wednesday, and usually I don't pay much mind to these Wednesday injury reports, but, I mean, it's pretty it's pretty brutal for the Saints. Um, so that's something to monitor. I mean, Michael Thomas, don't know if he's going to play. Jarvis Landry, don't know if he's going to play. Winston, obviously. Yeah, just pain. It was pain everywhere. So we got to keep on pushing through and being resilient. You just got injuries all over the place for the Saints. Uh, but I, I, I probably will be – just playing them on the spread. All right, for mine, uh, I'm going with the the Bucks, uh, teasing them to seven and a half, and then the Broncos teasing them to eight and a half. And I, uh, you know, I know you like the the Raiders uh, this week, but I, I'm I'd be concerned about the Raiders. You know, I know this is like one of those spots where you know they're zero and three straight up, they're zero and three against the spread. It's like you expect them to bounce back, but I, I think McDaniel's is 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 in trouble here. I, I just think that. It's it's a it's a difficult adjustment for him, you know, kind of going from what was going on in New England, where he got to focus on offense. And you see this a lot with some of these coaches, you know, they now he's out there, he's calling plays, he's 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 got to be in control of the team, he's got to get them ready. Because what we've seen out of them is like the Chargers game, fine, whatever. But game two, they get up big, they take their foot off the gas after halftime. That's on the coach to keep them motivated. And then in week three, they just come out flat and it's just mistake after mistake. And also he's causing Derek Carr to regress, you know, because Carr is essentially just going where the read takes him. And now Devontae Adams is not happy. So it's now, now it's like, what are you going to do to, to fix that? And are you going to force the ball to him? But this is also a week you got Patrick Sertan who could shadow Devontae. So that's not a great matchup. Derek Carr is, you know, committing a lot of turnover worthy throws. So I, I like Russell Wilson in this spot as a die. I think the Broncos offense actually is going to have their best game in this spot um, against this Raider D. I know, I know 
Patrick Graham, he's the Raiders mm-hmm. D quarter. He, uh, he had a good game plan against Russ uh, with the Giants. So I think Russ is going to be able to learn from that a little bit. And they're going to be able to learn from that. I like what the Broncos are doing, you know, hiring and uh, kind of admitting with where they're going wrong. And I just think it was a brutal matchup last week for them uh, against San Fran. And, and people are a little too, too down on this Broncos team. So give me this, uh, give me the Broncos teasing them up over eight here to eight and a half. Russell Wilson has an underdog in his career for what it's worth. 27, 13, and 2, 68%. Uh, and on the road, he's 63%. But Josh McDaniels, he, he got off to a 6-0 and start against the spread uh, as a head coach. Since then, he's 7-18 and against the spread, just 28%. Uh, and also, these I, uh, this is a really interesting one, too. I don't know exactly what it means, but when you have a dog that closes 1.5 to 2.5 in, in week four specifically – uh, so it's, it's a sample size of 30, so it might just be nothing, but it did grade out as an A uh, in Bat Lab. So 23 and seven against the spread, one and a half to two and a half. So if it doesn't get to three, uh, 77%. So uh, obviously you're teasing it up past eight. You don't really, you know, that it's kind of moot, but uh, it just makes the case stronger, in my opinion. But uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised the Broncos win this game. Yeah, I like the Raiders. I, I mean, if you watch the Broncos <laughs> offense, it's Iowa. I have. Uh, I've watched eight. the Raiders too. It is. <laughs> The Raiders are 0-3, and, and they could easily be 3-0. They played evenly against the healthy Chargers team. They were up twenty, up three touchdowns on your Cliff Cardinals. And then last week, you know, Waller drops a touchdown pass. They they score 16 points in six red zone trips and give up 21-3 and three and go 1-12 of 12 on third down. A lot of those things, I think, is, is some noise, um, especially in the red Fair zone. Enough. You know, Waller dropping some passes. So well, that, they could yeah. be 3-0. and They could be 3-0. and And the Broncos – struggling to beat the Texans at home in Denver in the altitude where they always thrive in like that first game. And then last week you just need, I mean, you get 11 points. Russ isn't running. The offense is completely broken. I mean, it is beyond repair unless they let him loose. Um, it is, it's a joke. And then he, after the game, he's like, this is a championship performance. Like they, do they think that the offense is not broken? <laughs> One of the worst offenses I've seen in my life watching the NFL, the biggest discrepancy in three and outs for a winning team in the history of the NFL. I think they were they had nine more three and out. I mean, it was embarrassing. I think the Raiders get it done. Um, I think Carr bounces back at home. And uh, under three, uh, I'll take just to win. Um, but it's not in my six-pack. Your teaser, Saints plus eight and a half. Bucks plus seven and a half. I got Bucks plus seven and a half. Broncos plus eight and a half. I do want to take a second for a quick announcement to any listeners who use the Action app. Thanks to our new partnership with FanDuel. We've got a new technology update for all you gamblers out there, and it's called Quick Slip. Here's how it works. Let's say you've got a FanDuel account and you're in the Action app looking for the best lines. You can use Quick Slip to go directly to FanDuel with that same pick already in a bet slip ready to go. It's a huge time saver for any Action app user who bets with FanDuel. So be sure to check it out. Uh, now it's time for the Moneyline Underdog Parlay. Turning good weekends into great weekends. It's time for the Moneyline Parlay. All right, so we're 2-1 and one on the show with the parlays. You're 3-0 and oh, picking straight up dogs. The w- only one I lost is the Jaguars in week one. I was a week early, apparently, on the Jaguars bandwagon. It's been a good year for the uh, for the money line parways, and I think we had a pretty good year last year, pretty last few years. I don't think we've ever had a bad year, so uh, no. let's try to keep it going. Uh, who you got? I'm going to go with uh, the team that beat your Jaguars. I'm going to go with the Washington Commanders. 
by the way, everyone's like the Jaguars are the best team in the world now. But guess who beat them week one? The Commanders. <laughs> uh, this is uh, look the the Cowboys. I love their game plan was great last week. They had a little extra time to prepare. Cooper Rush looked good with the play action and some of the things that they put together. I think it was a really good, well done job by the Cowboys staff overall. But you have a short week now after a road Monday night game coming home might not be as well oiled. And then on the other side, you have Washington who just has a high variance quarterback in Carson Wentz. So I like him in a division game, taking him as a money line dog because he could throw three pick sixes. Um, he also could throw three touchdowns in the first half. So that's a good candidate for a money line dog here for me. Maybe Cooper rush eventually turns into a pumpkin. Yeah, if you're going to take Carson Wentz, yeah, better take him in this kind of spot. I probably couldn't go there just because of the pressure that I think Dallas will get. I think that I think that Carson Wentz is more likely than not to continue making mistakes. Uh, but, you know, I mean, I can't hate it uh, going against a backup quarterback. Uh, I'm going to get even uglier, so I can't knock it at all, <laughs> actually, because I'm going to go to Houston Texans plus 194 against the Chargers and – you know, listen, this Charger team, I mean, they like you said, they did almost lose to the Raiders in week one. I don't think the Raiders is as good as you do, but nevertheless, uh, and then they blew it against the Chiefs in a game that I thought they played well, but they played well. You know, they had Joey Bosa and they had J.C. Jackson. Uh, Bosa's out. I think Jackson's banged up as well. I don't, I'm not sure he practiced today. You also lost your your tackle, Rayshon Slater. Uh, this is – and Justin Herbert's clearly not 100% either. So – you know, this Houston team under Lovey Smith has <laughs> upset the Chargers before. Now, maybe that's a revenge spot and the Chargers will kind of have it circled. But, I mean, with all everything that they, that's going on with them, uh, I just don't think – I just think that this number is is pretty big. But I think if the Chargers win, they probably do end up blowing them out. Uh, the Texans have actually been getting decent pressure, which is surprising without, without blitzing a ton. Uh, they've been – the Texans have just been bad rather rather than, like, league worst. And that's that's all I need here for a money line dog against this Charger team that just not not a great time of the year for them. Not 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 a great time to be, uh, you know, for them to be trying to win games with all these injuries. So, yeah, in, injuries the just are crushing them. Yeah. And and the Chargers haven't been able to run the ball. And the Texans run D is so bad. So that helps them in this case is that the Chargers haven't been able to run it. And the injuries are just horrifying. So I don't hate it. Yeah, maybe. I mean, you know, I, I don't wish this to happen, but you could you could see Herbert maybe getting pulled from the game if he takes a bad hit or something like that. You know, it's it's just a lot of uncertainty. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of uncertainty. Yeah, we could be getting a Chase Daniel uh, by the time this, you know, by the time some people are listening to this. Although Chase yeah. Daniel never plays. He's he's also it's him throwing balls to like to, to, to Shaq Leonard and they're just all practicing with Stanley <laughs> protecting him and <laughs> Darius Slayton <laughs> catching passes. And yeah, uh, but yeah, so. Texans plus 194 at FanDuel. Commanders plus 138 at FanDuel. Uh, if you parlay them, you get about a 6x return. So 100, you get back 700. You get back your 100 plus 600. So that's 700. Uh, let's try to keep it going. All right, let's now go to best of the rest. All right, we got two games. Uh, first one, Seattle at Detroit. Detroit is a four and a half point favorite at FanDuel. The total is 48 and a half. Looks like some sharp money uh, has come in on Seattle, but the the books still have a bigger handle on Detroit, and uh, the sharps have come in on the over and the money's on the over. So a lot of people liking the over, but we saw a reverse line move 
with the total drop because it was at 50. So a lot of interesting things going on in the market. But uh, any thoughts on that and just uh, on the game in general? Yeah, I would look at the over here. I'm on Ross St. Brown's doing with an injury. Swift probably won't play. So that doesn't help. But the Lions should move the ball here. Their defense is bad. The Se- Seattle defense is probably the worst in the league, although the Jets probably have that. Uh, by the way, Robert Sala, 20, 20 games has in, in the 20 games he's been in New York, 32nd defensive EPA. The 20 games before he got there, Jets were 23rd. Like, come on. Are Sala. you saying we're going to see Mitch Mahomes uh, in this game? Mitch, Mitch Mahomes. Uh, so, yeah, I would look over. The Seattle last week, they, before the game, Carroll said that they were going to push the ball down the field and let yeah. Geno cook. And they did. And he, he was, did. he was, he was throwing the ball and they were moving it down the field. They wrote me off. I ain't right back though. That's the problem. I ain't right back. Let's go. So I imagine that they would go back to that here. And these are two bad defenses and golf should be able to move the ball on a fast track. So some injury concerns, but I would look at the over here. My biggest question is, do you think they give Metcalf the Jefferson treatment or do you think they play it more straight up because Seattle has, and I know Thielen is a good receiver, but he's not the same kind of threat that Lockett is. So do you think they kind of do? Cause like they were doubling, they were essentially putting Okuda on Jefferson and giving him safety help. Do you yeah. think they do that to Metcalf in this game or just kind of play it more straight? Yeah. I could see them repeating it. Cause it pretty much worked for the most part. Yeah. I don't hate this. I don't hate it over there. Uh, I'll see. We'll see what happens with that. Uh, Jacksonville at Philly. Philly is favored by six and a half. The total is down to 46 and a half. Uh, there, uh, more money is on the over, but sharps are on the under in this one. And I'm guessing, uh, that has to weather. do with some weather concerns. Weather. Yeah. yeah. I'm hoping that I hope they drive this down to under 45. Then I will be on the over dependent on the weather. The first half over, over, the... over. <laughs> not nah, cause you know, the Eagles don't score in the second half. A fair, yes. Yeah. Maybe for maybe <laughs> just first half over. I had this game circles over because I mean, the Eagles offense is real. The Jags defense stinks though. Like when people are saying the Jags defense is good, like they, yes, they're like, they're one of three teams in the top 10 in uh, offensive and defensive EPA. It's the Bills, Jags, and Eagles. But the Jags, remember, they lost to the to Washington, who looked good on offense in week one. Week two, you know, then they played a banged up Colts team without their receivers. And then they played a Chargers team who didn't have their receivers or with a quarterback with broken ribs and they're all their offensive linemen out. So this defense, the, the Eagles should have no problem moving the ball on the Jaguars. Now, what I do think is real is the Jaguars offense, and it's looked spectacular. That's the uh, influx of Doug Peterson and the upgrade in the coaching. They have been ripping apart zones, ripping apart. They're getting rid of the ball quick, and they're just finding holes in zones. Um, Trevor Lawrence, number one EPA per dropback against zones in the NFL this year. That's what Philly runs a lot of. Philly also gets a lot of pressure. You saw them sack Carswitz a million times this year. Lawrence getting rid of the ball so quick. So not as relevant here. And the Jaguars offensive line is playing well, especially in pass protection. So yeah, I think that both teams can move the ball. The only concern is the weather. So I hope this line total keeps coming down. Keep an eye on the action over gap. If it goes like 45, I would love to hit the over. Yeah. Right now, as we record this uh, possible rain and uh, about 15 mile per hour winds. So yeah, the winds are the, what I'm most concerned with. All right, uh, let's jump into our Survivor segment. The Survivor Pool Pick of the Week. All right, we both survived last week. I went Bengals, you went Vikings. 
Uh, Warned you about the Vikings, though. That wasn't pretty. It was not pretty, Ooh. man. But you, you thank got God, it. Dan Campbell didn't find. <laughs> they were like seven of eight. They were like seven of eight on fourth downs in the game, and then oh, he doesn't okay. go for fourth at the end. Tries the long field goal. Dan, hey Dan, if you're listening, your your kicker is not named Justin Tucker. Go for it. Doesn't matter if you have one ass cheek and three toes. I will beat your ass. Yeah, man. Like your offense is even. Tough. Even if it was Tucker, go you go for it. To end the game. Yeah, they it's they them and the Falcons. I, I want like it, it's fitting that they had some crazy endings with, with like the what was it the the Falcons giving away games at the end because both of those teams just know how to lose games. But where are you going this week? Uh, I'm going with the Cincinnati Bengals, and <laughs> I know you used them last week. I love the spot, and if you look, they have some a couple easy games coming up. But there's some other teams that I can use. Their schedule is really then second half of the year is really tough. I also want to save the Eagles. A lot of people might use the Eagles here, and the Jags are improved. There's also the weather element here. I also want to save the Packers for later in the year. I think a lot of people will use them, so I'm I'm taking this from a – I also consider the Lions, and if you're listening to this after Thursday, again, it depends on the type of pool you're in. Like if you're in a smaller pool and you just need to – like, all right, someone tweeted at me, I only have a couple people left in this pool. I just need to advance. Well, then use the Packers. You could also do that in a bigger pool too, but it depends on the size. I'm taking the route of, all right, I like the spot for the Bengals. I would have used the Lions, but the Lions is a a favorite to scare me just because, you know, Dan Campbell also goes for a lot of fourth downs. You might not have Swift. You might not have Amon Ross St. Brown. There could be a lot of variance in that game. So uh, I'm passing on the Lions, although I don't hate using them. Like one else you're going to use really feel comfortable using Lions probably like January 1st at home against the bears. That's a long way to go. Nah, division game. Um, though? I mean, yeah, I even that, but, that, yeah. but at that point, you're yeah, gonna, yeah, if yeah. I make it that far, I'm going to have to use the Lions. So right, right. yeah, they're going to maybe have to win me the, uh, the whole thing if I get that far, but yeah, I don't mind the, the pick the Packers are a safe pick. I don't mind the Eagles either. If you've already used the Packers and you just want to advance, I'm going to get a little riskier here and use the Bengals. I know that some people that's not an option because a bunch of people used the Bengals last week, including yourself. So where are you going? Uh, yeah, I'm just going to go with the Packers. Looks like Mac Jones. I mean, him and Belichick got some type of beef where I think he – he they want him to come back and he doesn't. And so they're kind of sniping at each other in the media. But I'm pretty sure Brian Hoyer is going to start. Brian Hoyer is 0-11 in his last 11 starts, uh, losing by a touchdown per game. So And, and you're, you're going against the Packers in Lambeau. So – now, hopefully they cover Back by seven. Yeah, by right. Seven. Exactly. So hopefully they cover. Hopefully it's a low scoring game because I also am leaning toward that under. I haven't bet it yet, obviously. But um, yeah, give me uh, give me the pack. All right. That is going to wrap it up for the week four Action Network podcast presented by FanDuel. As a reminder, we've got four weekly episodes of the Action Network podcast dropping all season long. Friday morning, we've got our 30 minute NFL best bets episode with host Brendan Glasheen. You can find Stuck on Twitter at Stucky2. You can find me at Chris Raybon. You can find us at those same handles on the free award-winning Action Network app. Be sure to check out actionnetwork.com as well for all of our NFL betting, college football betting, all of our betting content, fantasy football content as well. Until next time, let's get this money. Go Ravens. Go Ravens.